Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, Believe Sports Business Los Angeles. Yours truly, Fred Wallen. Happy to have you aboard. You can always email us at sportsfred at AOL.com. Sportsfred at AOL.com. And timing is everything. It really is in, in sports and in the world. And our guest, Artie Source, uh, the guy that runs Galaxy Sports, but he used to be a kicker for the Trojans of USC and the Rams on this very day. And we're taping Monday afternoon about 5 o'clock uh, Pacific time on this very day. Lynn Swan, athletic director, resigned. No shock here. I don't think no. I don't think it was a major shock anywhere in Southern California or the sports world. But Artie, you were former Trojan. Any comments about Lynn Swan resigning? He was forced out, but not being there anymore. Well, you know, it, it just seems like it's it's been a a real travesty the last uh, six seven years of USC. You know, when they when they went to Pat Hayden originally, you know, it seemed like everything was smooth for a couple of years. And and then that all broke down when I guess he went on the sidelines of the Stanford game five years ago uh, to, to help out Steve Sarkeesian, who felt like something <laughs> was going wrong on the field. <laughs> you recall that, right, Fred? I very well, and, yes. Uh, my question on that whole situation was what qualifications – other than being a great receiver and a Hall of Fame receiver for the Steelers, did Lynn Swan really have to be an athletic director of a major a major university? That was my question originally. And, you know, then all the things that broke down over the last two years with, the you know, the, the movie actresses and, you know, this whole pay-to-play with Rick Singer, it became kind of a fiasco and nobody knew about it. And, you know, if you're running an athletic department, I would hope to think that you had control of the people that you have underneath you. So it isn't a surprise to me. Um, I feel bad. I feel bad for for Lynn because I don't think he should have been put in that position. And you know, there's there are other little undercurrents on that with the John Robinson situation as a fundraiser, wanting to talk to Clay Helton, and then he was banned from campus, and then he winds up going as a consultant to LSU under Ed Orgeron. So there, there were a lot of different undertones, I'll put it, that led to what happened today. Um, I personally think USC has to really clean house, get back to, you know, and I feel the same way about UCLA as well. I mean, it just seems as though the, the Pac-12 needs UCLA and USC to be great, great universities again and, and to lead that conference, the Conference of Champions, back to where they should be. Talking already, Source, Galaxy Sports, a former kicker for uh, the USC Trojans and the Los Angeles Rams. And, uh, Lynn, if you missed it, Lynn Swan, and we're taping this Monday afternoon, Lynn Swan uh, resigned as athletic director, meaning uh, he was uh, kicked out, he was booted out. And I think... Uh, Artie's point well taken as far as SC and UCLA, and of course Dan Guerrero's contract up in December, and I'm sort of hoping uh, he gets uh, the boot also. I'm not sure that will be the case. Attendance at both schools way down. UCLA drew a tremendous, I believe, 36,000 in their loss to USC, and USC drew more, but not what they were drawing in the past in their easy victory over Stanford. Uh, how much does that have to do with it? I mean, okay, it's, at UCLA, you can play well and you can win some of the 
small sports that nobody really cares about. But if you don't do well in basketball and football, does it really matter, Artie Source? It does matter, Fred. I mean, we go back to the, the 70, late 70s, the 80s. You know, when I played at SC, when, uh, when Troy Aikman in the, in the mid-80s was at UCLA, I mean, they played at the Coliseum, and they averaged about sixty-five to 70,000 people. And when SC was playing well, I think they were pretty much in the same ballpark. And you can't have 35,000 people at a, at a major college football game in a city that has 15 to 20 million people within 100 miles of the stadiums. And, you know, I know there's a lot of competition for the uh, entertainment dollar in Los Angeles and in Southern California. But, uh, you know, there's an there's a lot of people that love UCLA basketball, USC football, UCLA football, even USC basketball. And it just seems to me, now I have another theory on this as well. When you can't get a ticket to take your young son or your family to the game for less than $50, that's also a problem, Fred, especially with the amount of games that are on TV now. How about this one also? And we've discussed this almost every week right here on Believe Sports Business Los Angeles, the Pac-12 Network and uh, Larry Scott. Sometimes you don't know what time the game will start until the middle of the week. And uh, as a fan, A, I'm not sure I'd buy season tickets. If I, like, if I always knew the games were at 7.30 on Saturday night, I'd either make a decision yes or no. If I knew all the games were at uh, 1 o'clock uh, Saturday afternoon, I'd make that decision. But when you find out very late uh, when your game's going to start, isn't that hard for, for a person or a family? Uh, you might have something else uh, planned? Oh, definitely, Fred. I mean, you know, the, they call it a flex schedule, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful. But you're flexing yourself out of people being able to plan their weekends and you know now they're considering playing i heard something like 10 a.m games have you heard about that as well they were talking about 9 a.m games specific time okay there you go so we're gonna have breakfast at uh, the rose bowl <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i just i'm not a big fan of larry scott i, I just and, and for for a fan of, of ucla and usc who lives on the east coast it's real difficult for me to stay up till 10:30 at night to watch USC play Stanford a rival or to watch UCLA, you know, play Washington State. And they call it the Pac-12 after dark. But let's get real here: after dark means I don't think anybody sees them as well. And I think that hurts. I think that hurts kids who, uh, you know, UCLA and SC used to recruit nationally, get a lot of guys from the East Coast. And I don't think they get those guys like they used to anymore. And I think that's a factor in that whole process. And I also think, uh, you know, if the Heisman uh, race is close, uh, if you're not watching the Pac-12 as often as uh, the other big five conferences, the other uh, conferences, uh, well, the big, the other big five conferences, uh, they have a major advantage over a UCLA or USC or anybody else uh, in the Pac-12. So all things considered, I'm not a big fan of Larry Scott either. I'm not a big fan of DirecTV, but in this case, I'm on DirecTV's side. Larry Scott apparently originally asked DirecTV for more than 
they give the other networks. And they can't do that because then the Big Ten will come back and say, wait a minute, you're giving the Pac-12 more than you're giving us? So I think a lot of that's on Larry Scott. And, uh, you know, I mean, he survived and he's got his job. And each school makes a lot of money. Not as much money, obviously, as uh, the, the Big t- uh, 12 teams make or the Southeastern Conference schools make. But they make a, a major chunk of change. But I do think... Uh, his time has come, too, but that's just uh, my opinion. Uh, Artie Source with us. I'm Fred Wallen. You can email us, sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. All right, put you on the spot. Jim Kelly, Chip Kelly, um, 0-2 this year, 3-9 and last year. They're going to be 0-3 after Saturday as Oklahoma beats him by 40-50. to Your thoughts about Chip Kelly? Well, you know I, that's interesting. I, I was on the, on the internet earlier today, and I was looking at the the buyout. Should they decide not to uh, to go into year three with Chip Kelly, and it would cost UCLA between eight to ten million dollars. Oh boy! To buy him out of this contract, and this is while they still owe Jim Mora Jr. twelve million dollars. So, I, you know, I know UCLA had a very very difficult problem money-wise, budgetary-wise, during the Rick Neuheisel era, which is one of the reasons why they went in a different direction at that point in time. I just think that is just really, really scary. And, you know, I, 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 I've never been able to get a real good grasp on Chip Kelly in, in, in a sense that they either called him a genius or, or was he a genius and, you know, he just he had four great years at the University of Oregon. I think he missed out on a national championship, but I mean he had he brought the Pac twelve to the brink of a national championship. And you know, I I just I can't quite get my finger on what's going on. He just doesn't seem to have that same fire, that attitude that he had when he was in Oregon and even that first year with the Eagles. And he came into the NFL fresh. He had all kinds of uh, fabulous ideas in terms of being able to monitor the guy's physical abilities, what their nutritional value was. And it seemed like it worked. And then there was a disconnect between him and the professional players, which we've seen before with college coaches, Fred. You know that. I mean, these guys are these guys are men. It's a little different dealing with them in a one-on-one situation than it is with college kids. I mean, it's a lot more rah-rah in college. I still think Chip Kelly has the idea, has the right idea. I just wonder if there's too many people doing the same thing he's doing and that novelty of that offense, that, uh, I guess, the pistol offense. I'm wondering if, if it just doesn't have the same cachet it had years past. All right, I worked for KEX in Portland, uh, was it 1190 on the dial a long time ago, 1985, and I couldn't handle the rain, so I came home. But since then, I've been very attached to the Oregon schools. When Chip Kelly took over uh, for Mike Bellotti, the cupboard was full. I mean, really full. A lot of talented players. Uh, Moore didn't leave Chip Kelly with as many talented players. How much does that play into the fact that 3-9 and nine and now 0-2? Can I tell you, Mike Bellotti... Might have been one of the most underrated yep. college football coaches in the last 25 years. Yep. I mean, that program, I mean, he and, and the excellent defensive coordinator, Aliotti, I believe was his name, 
they had put together something special. And there's something else you have to remember, too. You have a guy named Phil Knight who has uh, quite an yep. open checkbook. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the facilities they put together at Eugene, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to go through those facilities. Beautiful. Um, State-of-the-art. I mean, if you're a young kid and you're in the inner city of L.A. or, you know, you're growing up, you know, in, in Arizona or, you know, anywhere anywhere west of the Mississippi, I think Oregon's got to be one of your top five schools to look at because, I mean, it's a gorgeous campus in a beautiful place. Um, the facilities, Nike, it, I think that's, that's a formidable combination. No question. Artie Source with us, uh, former kicker for USC and the Rams, now runs Galaxy Sports, uh, one of the best sports Internet sites you're going to find. Go to Galaxy Sports every morning, and Artie's got some strong opinions on everything, as he's given us right now on Believe in Sports Business Los Angeles. You can email us. Yours truly, Fred Wallen. It's sportsfred at AOL.com. Sportsfred at AOL.com. Artie, in our last few minutes, let's move to the uh, National Football League. And Melvin Gordon... Well, he asked for a trade, and I think they're going to give it to him uh, based on uh, the victory on Monday. But I think he's a very talented running back. And, and, and honestly, you know, it's easy to judge anything on one game, and I think people are jumping at we don't need him. Uh, I think he's up there with Gurley, and Gurley got the $60 million deal. Elliott got more than that, and, and Gordon's asking for similar dough. Your comments as a former player? Well, you know, I <laughs> – this whole process of running backs not getting what they're due, to me, I, I don't understand it. Um, you know, the NFL was fueled by great running backs for 50, 60, 70 of their 100 years, um, maybe 80 years of their 100 years. Go back to Bronco Nagurski, Jimmy Brown, sure. you know, your Eric Dickerson's, your Walter Payton's. They were the, they were the basically the, the clocks that moved, that moved the, the league. And... As I look at it, I think Melvin Gordon is in that upper echelon. I wouldn't say maybe top five, but I think he's in the top ten. And I think the Chargers, if they really want to play ball and go to the Super Bowl, I mean, I like their other two running backs, the kid from Northwestern and uh, the young man that won the game in overtime yesterday. I think they're both good serviceable running backs, but I think the Chargers are not going to get out of the AFC playoffs which I think is the stronger of the two conferences, by the way, unless they have Melvin Gordon. I think that three-headed attack takes a lot of pressure off Rivers now that Williams is hurt as well, and uh, you know, and as well as, uh, as Keenan Allen. So I, I kind of feel like they ought to pay him. I mean, I'm not sure he gets Ezekiel money or, or Gurley money, but you know, I, I think the guy's worth. 10 to 12 to 15 million dollars a year folks what do you think you can email us at sportsfred at aol.com sportsfred at aol.com and uh all right the ramps they uh we've been conjecturing on this uh last couple months right here on believe in sports business uh jared goff and uh, we found out our answer 134 million dollars worth i do believe what do you think of uh, jared goff and the 110 million dollar guarantee more power to him, I guess. Uh, again, I think that's a similar situation to Melvin Gordon. I think Goff has the potential, especially with McVay, you know, to become one of those elite quarterbacks. Now, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers, you've got Tom Brady, you've got Drew Brees, 
you know, you've got that upper echelon. You know, I, I don't think Roethlisberger's in that. I think he's in more of that eight to ten slot. I think Deshaun Watson has the ability to be in that top five. Um, I think Goff is really good. He's in there with Carson Wentz in that six, seven, eight position in the NFL. I don't think he's worth $125 million personally, Fred. But then again, he took a team to the Super Bowl in his third year, and the improvement he's made from year one to year three, unbelievable. So in that sense, now that Cooper Cup's back, you've got you know, a really – I mean, Gurley really impressed me yesterday in Carolina. I mean, I had basically almost kind of – from reading what I had read, I, I get the uh, the digital edition of the L.A. Times here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I've been reading that Gurley, you know, they're basically, you know, telling us the demise of, of, of Gurley. And I'm like, you know, after yesterday, I saw a different, a different perspective. He looks like he's back. I think the Rams are going to be a real, real tough out in the NFC. Have to play some defense. All right, finally um... – since the Raiders were here for 20 years, uh, do you think that uh, Antonio Brown will go down in the uh, Raider Hall of Fame? <laughs> the Hall of Shame or the Hall of Fame, Fred? <laughs> so how much of that was planned? Uh, how much of that was planned by the Patriots and planned by uh, I have my, Brown's people? Yeah. I have my questions up. You know, I, I don't know. I, I hate to be a conspiracy you know, advocate <laughs> all the time, but... It just seemed like Drew Rosenhaus was back there with the with the puppet strings, you know, playing playing everybody for whatever it was worth, and you know, I, I hmm, I, I I was a huge AB fan for many many seasons. I mean, I went to a lot of practices, you know, at, at in Pittsburgh and and also at St. Vincent's College, and and I will tell you one thing, Fred, this guy laid it out laid it out every day on the practice field. You know, when they'd go through drills, he'd catch the ball. He'd sprint 75 yards to the end zone, come back and run the next play. They'd throw the ball to somebody else, and they'd, you know, dance around and drop the ball. And, you know, it's one of my arguments with with modern football. Um, I I don't think these guys understand the gravitas of what it takes to be an NFL player. I think they, they have a lot of talent, but... I just think when they get there, they kind of take things for granted, and that's what separates the guys that reach that ultimate level. And A.B. reached that level. I mean, what was he, a fifth, sixth-round draft pick out of uh, Central Michigan? Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, come on. For him to reach the the elite status that he reached, you know, that, that says that the man has a lot of things going for him in terms of heart. But I also think that the hit that Burfecht laid on him in the playoff game in Cincinnati may have had an effect on, on his view of things. And I'm not saying he has CTE, but he's not making great decisions is what I'm trying to say, Brad. Artie, you made some great decisions on right here, uh, Believe in Sports Business. We'll definitely do this again, and I hope the folks uh, uh, listen every morning and, uh, and read every morning on uh, Galaxy Sports. How long have you been doing Galaxy Sports? I, we're in we're in year number seven now, and uh, I've I've got a nice little uh, tight knit group of about fifteen to eighteen thousand people. Doesn't sound like a lot, but uh, some really great people, you know, who, who who like what I say, and and like the things that I bring up. Uh, 
I, I, I don't like to be definitive. I like to share, like, points of view where on this side you can look at it this way, on this side you can look at it that way and kind of make your own decision. But, you know, sports, like I always talk about, Fred, is, is the candy store of life. And if I can present a different viewpoint on some issues in sports and, and keep people abreast of the smaller, maybe some, some nuances in the world of sports, I think that gives them a little general. You know, it's easy to open the newspaper and read the scores. But what really happened for those scores to be what they were? You know, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, trying to give people a little bit of perspective, a little bit of depth, a little bit of background in the inner sanctum of the world of sports. Artie Source, former uh, kicker for USC and the LA Rams and now Galaxy Sports. And uh, Artie, we'll definitely do this again. Thank you, Fred. I had a great time. And uh, again, you're the best. I always appreciate being on with you. Artie Source with us. And uh, folks, email us at sportsfred at AOL.com. And uh, believe almost every week right here on uh, Believe in Sports Business Los Angeles. Dom, thank you very much. And we'll see you around the corner on Sports Biz on Believe. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.